Welcome to a Dry Bones Ministries special podcast series on the consecration to St. Joseph. My name is Father Adam Potter, and today is day 21. We continue our journey in our preparation for this St. Joseph consecration by today looking at a couple things. First, it is virtue of fidelity. Second, we're going to question whether or not Joseph went with Mary on this visitation to her cousin Elizabeth. And finally, we're going to check out his ability to have access to perpetual adoration with Jesus and Mary. This was before it was cool. (laughs) Okay, if you're ready, let's pray, calling upon the Holy Spirit. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Come, Holy Spirit, fill the hearts of your faithful, and enkindle in them the fire of your love. Send forth your Spirit, and they shall be created, and you shall renew the face of the earth. Let us pray. O God, who by the light of the Holy Spirit did instruct the hearts of the faithful, grant that by the same Holy Spirit we may be truly wise and ever rejoice in his consolations. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. The salutations to St. Joseph. Hail Joseph, image of God the Father. Hail Joseph, Father of God the Son. Hail Joseph, temple of the Holy Spirit. Hail Joseph, beloved of the Holy Trinity. Hail Joseph, most faithful helper of the Great Council. Hail Joseph, guardian of holy virgins. Hail Joseph, great lover of poverty. Hail Joseph, exemplar of meekness and patience. Hail Joseph, model of humility and obedience. Blessed are you among men, and blessed are your eyes which have seen the things you saw. Blessed are your ears which have heard the things you heard. And blessed are your hands, which have fondled the word made flesh. And blessed are your arms, which have carried him who keeps all things in existence. And blessed is your bosom, on which the Son of God fondly rested. And blessed is your heart, aflame with the most ardent love. And blessed is the Eternal Father, who chose you. And blessed is the Son, who loved you. And blessed is the Holy Spirit, who sanctified you. And blessed is Mary, your spouse, who loved you as her spouse and brother. And blessed is the angel who guarded you, and blessed be forever all who bless and love you. The Memorari to St. Joseph Remember, O most chaste spouse of the Virgin Mary, that never was it known that anyone who fled to thy protection, implored thy help, or sought thy intercession was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, I fly into thee, my spiritual father, and beg thy protection, O foster father of the Redeemer, Despise not my petitions, but in thy goodness hear and answer me. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, yesterday I fumbled an exciting announcement of making it to day 20, which is an exciting announcement, but uh, day 21, this is a full three weeks. Uh, This is something to, I guess, be grateful for. The full preparation is 33 days, so just a little over four weeks. So uh, we can say we're almost three quarters there. <laughs> Does that mean anything? We're doing great. We're still going. And um, I don't know how you're doing with the litany of St. Joseph, praying it every day, praying it along with me. Father Calloway said something early, earlier on in the book about being able to commit the litany to memory saying something along the lines of, if you're doing this every single day and following along with the meditations that dive more deeply into each one as we go along, you're probably going to find that you're naturally going to start 
finding that you know what's coming next. And maybe you're not, maybe you're not a big memory person. I don't know, that's fair too. But wherever you're at, I'd invite you to consider, we have this great capacity to memorize. Uh, We have these giants in our faith and we also have very simple people in our faith who, using their faculty of uh, memory, committed scripture passages to their heart and through memory committed prayers to their heart so that no matter what was going on, they could call these prayers to their mind and to their heart. And so with the litany of St. Joseph, this would be a great one to be able to commit to memory. I believe in you. There's not going to be a test. Except till heaven. And then maybe if Joseph, sorry. Um, Today we're talking about Joseph's virtue of faithfulness. What does it mean to be faithful? And maybe if we think about our virtue from yesterday, this virtue of obedience, we can maybe have a distortion that to be faithful is just to obey, just to do what you're told. Yep, you're supposed to go to mass. Yep, oh, we need to pray the family rosary. Yep, keep doing that. You need to believe in Mary and you need to believe in the Eucharist and you need to believe in X, Y, and Z. And you're like, okay, great. That's a lot to like commit to memory (laughs) um, and believe. And I just think that would be very lacking in terms of a a full definition of this virtue. It's a theological virtue, which means it's a gift of faith. Hebrews has that great definition of what faith is. It's the realization of what is hoped for and evidence of things not seen. The realization of the things hoped for, that within my heart I have these longings for what is true, what is good, what is just, and what is perfect. And so that faith brings me to this realization of those deepest longings of my heart that are pictured imperfectly in this world and made perfect through this uh, faith in, in God. And it's also the evidence of things not seen, that I see all these things coming together and yet there seems to be an underlying providence that allows them to work together for this greater good. Faith, says Paul to the Hebrews. There's this fancy definition in the church um, from uh, this document from the Second Vatican Council, Dei Verbum, that calls faith a full submission of intellect and will to the God who reveals. And I appreciate this de- this definition because it gets us out of maybe like just an intellectual obedience that I just seem to like know it and assent to it intellectually. Now, that's a big part of it. I need to, I need to know what what it is that I'm assenting to, what it is that I'm believing in. Um, but it's it's not just that. There's also this uh, assent or submission of the will. I think about James who says in chapter 2, 14 to 26, show me your faith apart from your works and I by my works will show you my faith. Recognizing that it's one thing to to say it. It's one thing to have it up in your head. But if you don't actually do anything about it, to live it out in a response through works, then it doesn't actually mean anything. And so it's all of this that we do, a full submission of our intellect and will to the God who reveals. What does that mean? That faith is ultimately a response to the God who speaks. He reveals himself and who he is. And it's this encounter with a person that we see through salvation history and the fullness of time in Jesus Christ that gives us a great vision for understanding what faith is. Pope Benedict XVI said it the best that faith 
or being a Christian, he said, is not the result of an ethical choice or a lofty idea, but the encounter with an event, a person, which gives life a new horizon in a decisive direction. What I appreciate about that insight is that sometimes faith can be misunderstood as being just a philosophy, just kind of a, here are these sets of principles to help me operate and be a good person and um, feel good about what I'm doing. It's like, ah, there's just so much more. Faith is a relationship with not just like a something, a philosophical vision or principle or ideology. No, it's a relationship with a person. I think about John uh, in, in his first letter, he says this incredible thing. Maybe I've said it already in our preparation. He says, for we have come to know and believe in the love that God has for us. Right? We've come to know it and we've come to believe it. And I take that second part, believe it, as that in that submission of the will. Like we've come to trust it. Why? Because we know it. It's been personal to us. And to think about John the Beloved, how can he say this? Oh my goodness. He's the one who rested his head upon the chest of Jesus just hours before his great passion and self-sacrifice on the cross. So that he was able to, in hearing the beat of God's heart, he was able to come to know and believe in the love that God had for him. And that changed everything. Don't we know this to be true? Faith is a relationship. It, it makes me think about maybe those difficult times that I've had in my life when things just seemed really dark and really bleak and like there was no way of navigating through it. And then all of a sudden, I was able to have a parent. I was able to have a friend come in and hear me out or come in and just like sit with me or come in and hear me out or talk with me or just just be there with me, right? All of a sudden, like this introduction of another person that I care about and I know cares about me, it doesn't necessarily make the obstacle any easier, any lower to be able to jump over, but it makes it manageable because I know I'm not alone and I know I will have someone with me. In a real way, I appreciate that as an analogy to faith, that God comes not to take away the storm, but he comes to enter into the storm to let us know that I'm with you and I want to walk with you and I want to suffer with you and I want to show you the light at the end of this. This brings us to St. Joseph. St. Joseph exercised this fullness of faith. He was given uh, the greatest capacity of faith to believe after our Blessed Mother. Why? Well, because he's given this great dignity of being the Father and so that there is the grace and the faith needed to uphold this dignity, this position of being his foster father. Here's a connection that St. Alphonsus Liguori made that I just gave a great yeah, joy to my heart in comparing what happened to those two disciples on the road to Emmaus and what maybe we can then connect to with Joseph. Here's what St. Alphonsus says. If the two disciples going to Emmaus were inflamed with divine love by the few moments which they spent in company with our Savior and by his words, so much so that they said, was not our heart burning within us while he spoke to us on the way? What flames of holy love must we not suppose to have been enkindled in the heart of St. Joseph 
who for 30 years conversed with Jesus Christ and listened to his words of eternal life. End quote. Joseph had faith, the fullness of faith, that even in the poverty, even in the hiddenness, even in the veil of Jesus' humanity and ordinariness and his um, simplicity, he was able to believe that this is God. Did he fully understand all of the intricacies of what that meant? No, of course not. But his faith was able still to submit and give himself over, not just to like needing to understand the theological principles, but to trust that this is the person, this is the God man, this is our salvation, our Messiah. Was his heart not burning for those 30 years as he just saw and heard Jesus speak, grow, act, and move all in this conformity of divinity and humanity. Amazing, right? Um, that's our first point. I wanted to speak secondly about the, the question, the great question. It's um, purely speculative, and yet there's some scriptural evidence to make us wonder, what happened whenever Mary went to visit her cousin Elizabeth? Did Joseph go with her? Some people have really strong opinions about this. I... I find myself with strong opinions from time to time. I don't know if it's about about this. Um, here's, here's what we have to know. Scripture doesn't say, but here's what Scripture does say. After Mary received the Annunciation from the angel Gabriel, she went in haste to the hill country to visit her cousin Elizabeth. She went in haste. It doesn't say that she went to tell Joseph. It doesn't say that she went to get Joseph as an escort. But they're newly married. Mary is betrothed to Joseph. And so what husband, whether Mary told him that she had conceived a child or not, what husband will let his beloved wife, who he is head over heels in love with, go on this long 100-mile journey through these treacherous terrains, dangerous circumstances, sleeping out in the road, alone? Or even if it is with a caravan, Still, I can only imagine that he would want to go with her, at least maybe as an escort there and drop her off and leave her back. Um, what was coming to my mind, though, was I've always kind of thought if he did go with her, it would definitely be because in this in between Gabriel and her going in haste, Mary went and told Joseph, hey, this reality is I've conceived conceived a child by God. And it's in this um, movement that Joseph is overwhelmed, blown away at the mystery happening within her. He feels humbled. He steps back from her quietly, only to have the angel say, no, don't be afraid. And it's in that time span that Joseph then is able to realize, okay, I need to take you and the child into my home. Um, And in that, he would have gone with her. Here's what came up in, in my in my mind in the reading today was, what if Mary didn't tell him, but just told him that I'm going to visit my cousin Elizabeth, and Joseph goes with her, not knowing that she's conceived a child. And it is this interesting moment then, whenever Elizabeth hears Mary's voice coming up over this hill country of Judea, and all of a sudden she runs out to greet her, and if Joseph is there, then Joseph would have heard this incredible exchange 
where Elizabeth is able to say, Blessed are you among women and the fruit of your womb. It's something that I don't think we can really fully comprehend, and this is why it has to be a mystery to overhear these words. Blessed is the fruit of your womb. Who am I that the mother of my Lord should come to me? Joseph would have been perplexed, to say the least. And um, when did that conversation then eventually happen between Mary and, and Joseph? We don't know. Uh, we don't know. But what we do know, and this just to bring us to our, our third point, what we do know is that where Mary was, so was Jesus. And especially in this, these nine months of Mary having within her womb, divinity itself, God made man. And it's there that we can even consider that Mary actually is the new Ark of the Covenant. And to put it in uh, contemporary terminology, she's a living tabernacle, the bearer of life itself, the tabernacle that holds the Eucharistic Jesus. Like there is Jesus, um, body, blood, soul, and divinity within her womb. And that's just a beautiful thing to consider of this procession of Jesus, Mary, and Joseph, whether it's to visit her cousin Elizabeth or to Bethlehem to have this child or into Egypt, that this was a liturgical procession with the Holy Family, with Jesus, um, the bread of life, with Jesus fully revealed and yet hidden and concealed in a way that is analogous to him in the unveiled under the Eucharistic species. St. Peter Julian Amard says this, No one can describe the adoration of this noble soul. He saw nothing, yet he believed. His faith had to, perceive, had to pierce the virginal veil of Mary. So likewise with you, under the veil of the sacred species, your faith must see our Lord. Ask St. Joseph for his lively, constant faith. End quote. It's a real thing, huh? It's something we all need is faith. I think we, we could all say, well, I don't know. Has anyone ever said, I have too much faith, too much like to handle. I don't know what to do with it. I wish I could give it away. Maybe in those moments, we're just um, have our hearts on fire and we, we love it. Um, what the Lord revealed to us and we want to give it away. But maybe right now it's um, what most resonates is this feeling of, Faith is hard. It's hard to believe. It's hard to really see what God is doing in our world whenever all we see are just really difficult realities and discouraging results and responses from people coming to church or exercising their faith or just being a good, decent person. How do we need Joseph to intercede for us? How do we need Joseph to come and to show us what it means to really trust that even under the most veiled of circumstances, we can believe that God is with us and he's desiring to have this relationship with us where we would be able to speak with him just as one friend to another. And it's in that that our, our heart is able to be expanded and grown so that we can love him. We can love him, especially at, at Mass and in these sacramental moments. We can also love him hidden in our family members. We can love him in our friends and even those strangers that we run into. Well, if you're ready, let's turn now to prayer and really bringing this intention of wanting more faith so that we might grow through the intercession of St. Joseph. 
In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Christ, hear us. Christ, graciously hear us. God, the Father of heaven, have mercy on us. God, the Son, Redeemer of the world, have mercy on us. God, the Holy Spirit, have mercy on us. Holy Trinity, one God, have mercy on us. Holy Mary, pray for us. Saint Joseph, pray for us. Noble offspring of David, pray for us. Light of patriarchs, pray for us. Spouse of the Mother of God, pray for us. Chaste guardian of the Virgin, pray for us. Foster father of the Son of God, pray for us. Zealous defender of Christ, pray for us. Head of the Holy Family, pray for us. Joseph most just, pray for us. Joseph most chaste, pray for us. Joseph most prudent, pray for us. Joseph most courageous, pray for us. Joseph most obedient, pray for us. Joseph most faithful, pray for us. Mirror of patience, pray for us. Lover of poverty, pray for us. Model of workmen, pray for us. Glory of domestic life, pray for us. Guardian of virgins, pray for us. Pillar of families, pray for us. Comfort of the afflicted, pray for us. Hope of the sick, pray for us. Patron of the dying, pray for us. Terror of demons, pray for us. Protector of the Holy Church, pray for us. Lamb of God, you take away the sins of the world, spare us, O Lord. Lamb of God, you take away the sins of the world, graciously hear us, O Lord. Lamb of God, you take away the sins of the world, have mercy on us. He has made him Lord of his household and Prince over all his possessions. Let us pray. O God, who in your loving providence chose Blessed Joseph to be the spouse of your most holy mother, grant us the favor of having him for our intercessor in heaven, whom on earth we venerate as our protector, you who live and reign forever and ever. Amen. The Lord be with you. May Almighty God bless you, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. All right, Will. It is a joy as always to be able to be with you, to say these prayers, a completion of day 21, and we are moving along. Um, If you have benefited from this, enjoy this, I would ask you to please like and uh, subscribe to this video, to this channel. Uh, Invite you also to comment. Let me know what's going on, what you liked, what you maybe have questions about. What do you think? Was Joseph with Mary on this visit to her cousin Elizabeth? What, What did I miss in playing out those different scenarios? Um, if you're interested in supporting Dry Bones or finding about more about what we're doing, check out our website, drybonespgh.org. Let's keep each other in prayer. God bless you all. Look forward to being with you tomorrow. And St. Joseph, pray for us. <laughs>